I'm Louise Penny, and this is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. Louise Penny was well into her 40s when she published Still Life, the first in what has become the wildly popular Armand Gamache mystery series. The novels are set in Quebec, where Gamache is chief inspector of the provincial police force. They are meticulously plotted, part police procedurals, part exploration of human nature, and the precarious balance between good and evil. Louise Penny is now out with the 13th in the series. It's called Glass Houses. She was a longtime radio journalist with the CBC in Canada, and I asked her if she draws on that experience when coming up with new cases. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, Sometimes it's specific interviews and and news events that happened when I was uh, uh, an active journalist. It's often has to do with the Sûreté du Québec, our local police force, and some of the things that I I know about them. But you know what? Mostly, and you know this as an interviewer, a really good journalist and certainly a, a good radio host is a good listener. And I think a writer is often a good listener too. So I, I got used to being more of an observer than anything. And I think that served me well when it came time to write. And the other thing that I learned as a journalist was discipline. You just have to be very driven and very disciplined. Otherwise, you can't get to where you're going. But still, you that's news reporting, right? I mean, how about writing fiction? I mean, you had those instincts, the ones that made you a good journalist, a good listener, that discipline made you a better writer of fiction. I think it did. It certainly helped because, like you, I was a radio journalist, so I got to listen to how people talk and listen very closely. So I think that really helped with the dialogue. Um, I think it also helped that people came on my show because something extraordinary had happened in their lives, either extraordinarily good or something devastating. So I I really got to see people in extremis. And that is pretty much what happens in a crime novel, is you take ordinary people and then you explode their world and you see what happens to them. And so I I had 20 years of, of watching people, both the people who reacted extremely badly and the people who had just an unbelievable grace in in horrific situations. And those are really the ones I, I remember most. Mm. And along with the ordinary people, however, you have created some wonderfully eccentric characters. So what goes into crafting a character for you? Well, it's important to me that they be believable, that they be recognizable, that they not be caricatures or cardboard cutouts. And for me... It's important, too, that people care about the characters, not simply the person who has died, but everybody involved, and also that there be repercussions to what happens. One of the things that I found disconcerting, although I still loved Agatha Christie, was that while she was great at plotting, she wasn't so good at characters. And one of the reasons is that there was never really a consequence, a a ripple effect to what happened. So if someone died, essentially the reaction would be, oh, good old Gertie, you know, now let's buck up and find out who killed her. And that was, there was no sorrow. Whereas in my books, I try to bring some emotional truth to what happened. And of course, the lead character, Gamache, who we've been following for years, more, I think, old soul than hard-boiled detective. I don't know. I think he has a more thoughtful, I think, philosophical approach to crime solving. How did you come up with that? I knew I wanted the books to be a series. I love reading series. 
I love getting to know the characters and watching them develop. Um, so I thought if I'm lucky enough and this becomes a, a series, I, I want to enjoy being in the company of these characters. And initially I thought, well, Gamash will be hard-boiled. He'll be a man at odds with himself, maybe s- struggling with an addiction or a bad marriage or something. And then I thought, uh <laughs> Who wants that for the rest of my life? I'm finally the goddess, and I get to create man. Why would I create such a horrible person to hang around? I also thought, Virginia, that the chances, honestly, of being published were so small that it's possible, in fact probable, that the only reward I would get would be in the writing of it, that it probably would never be published. So I needed to create characters I would like to be around for the two years it's going to take to write, and a main character who I would marry. And and that's that became then the template for Gamash, although, of course, he has evolved as the series has gone on. Right, and he's gone through personal setbacks, professional setbacks. So did you have an idea of where his life would go as you were setting out with this series in the same way that you created a character you wanted to stick with? Yep, not at all. I had no idea where he was going to go. All I knew with each of the characters is that there was growth potential. For me, it's trying to find that balance always between having a structure of a book before I start, an idea of the plot, of the action, certainly the main themes, but not having so much control over it that there is no room for inspiration, uh, for the unexpected. You, you come up with these really intricate, meticulous plots. Do you ever get stuck working on that plot, making sure all of these threads tie together? <laughs> yes. And that absolutely happens with me. What, what I do is, before I start every book, I have a fairly good idea of what the main theme is going to be. And often it comes from either a, a couple of lines of poetry, um, a quote, a, a bit of philosophy, very, something very short. And I write it down on a post-it note and I put it on my laptop so that when I get lost, I know where the road is. I know the way back. They, that's what it's about. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Now, the actual details of the crime itself have to connect in with the theme, but they also have to make sense forensically. And that's where it can sometimes get a little bit um, touch and go. My first drafts are huge messes because strange things happen and I, I can't, I haven't quite figured out how one person gets from here to there, but then they are and characters change names and they change sex and they some, some turn into dogs, some disappear completely. It's in the second draft and the third draft and the fourth draft that, that I winnow down and clarify and simplify. It's, it's all about structure and pacing, about making it realistic in the third and fourth drafts. What are some other elements that are essential to making a great mystery? For me, it's, it's, it's a number of things. As I said, you, you have to care about the characters. You have to care about what happens. Sense of place is important. Very keen sense of place. And mine are very clearly set in Canada and very clearly set within Canada in Quebec. I try to make it clear right from the get-go in the first sentence, if possible. And for me, what, what I think is, is essential is that a book be sensual which isn't to mean sexual, it's that all the reader's senses are engaged. And if you can do that, then what happens is that the fourth wall drops and the reader, instead of reading a page in their home, 
they are transported into the story. Even more than that, even more than being transported into the story as a voyeur, they are actually walking beside Gamash through the snow. They feel the cold on their on the cheeks. They 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 can smell the wood smoke. They can they can taste the cafe au lait. They can feel the 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 terror. They can feel the joy. They can feel the relief. If you can make it sensual, engage all their senses, then reading becomes as creative as writing. We know that there are plenty of crime fiction or mystery tropes that run through a lot of books. I mean, uh, you haven't killed off the main character's wife, for example, Reine Marie, which is a, which is a way that a lot of writers might introduce emotional weight. Are you aware of these? Are, are you trying to avoid them or, in some cases, honoring those kind of tactics? I'm fairly aware of them. I think you have to be somewhat aware of them in order to avoid them. And, and for the most part, I do try to avoid them. And I try not to do the cheap emotional tricks. I was on a, a panel uh, once at a, a mystery convention, and one of the other panelists said that when things got slow, they, they threw in another murder <laughs> as, a, as a pacing, you know, bodies as a pacing element. <laughs> and I thought, well, that doesn't sound like real life. I only have, and I'm quite benevolent this way, <laughs> one murder per book for the most part, because the book isn't about the murder. The murder is the starting point. The book is about our yearning to belong. It's about friendship. It's about love in all of its forms. It's about what happens when what we care about is compromised and threatened. When we are betrayed, what happens? What happens when we lose someone very close to us? What happens when we realize that someone in our circle of friends isn't who they say they are, but we don't know who it is? When the masks begin to slip, that's what's interesting, not murder as a pacing tool. Well, then I feel a lot less crass saying, keep the murders coming, please, Louise Penny. (laughs) (laughs) And vive Gamache. Vive Gamache. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thanks, Virginia. Louise Penny, five-time Agatha Award winner and author most recently of Glass Houses. It's the 13th novel in the Inspector Gamache series. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is produced for NHPR by Sarah Plord and Taylor Quimby. If the podcast helps you decode some of the mysteries of creativity, you can help others find it by leaving your review at Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Until next time, I'm Virginia Prescott, and this is NHPR. NHPR.